Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hi, Jody. Hi, Adriel. I'm really good. This is a super fun episode to record. I'm sure it must have been a blast. You've worked with Echo so long at this point. Yes, and we've been trying to put this on the calendar for a long time. So I'm thrilled that our podcast fans get to meet Echo on the that show. Was so exciting. I'm sure our fans are going to love it. And it was so cool to hear about how her career has taken her so many different places. Yes. If you are someone who wants to travel the globe and have your career take you there, you need to listen to this episode because Echo gives you so many tips. I 100% agree. Let's get into it. Without further ado, I'd like to present episode 221 with Chief Brand Officer of CP Skin Health, Echo Sandberg. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Today, we are continuing our health-themed quarter. I am so excited for today's guest because it's someone I have had the pleasure of working very closely with for the past few years with Elta MD. You might know it as the dermatologist's favorite sunscreen brand. Today, we are so lucky to be joined by Echo Sandberg. She's the chief brand officer of CP Skin Health, so that means Colgate Palmolive. So Echo is a talented marketer and an industry leader who leads growth efforts for Alta MD and two other well-known skincare brands, PCA Skincare, the leader in peels, and Falorga, an innovative luxury skincare brand from France. I most recently saw Echo in New York City when she was presenting on stage at the Melanoma Research Foundation Gala, and that was amazing. Echo, welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thank you, Jody. I'm so excited to be here. This took a really long time to happen, by the way. We've been asking your team <laughs> for like years to do this, and I'm so excited that we were finally able to make this happen. I know. I was thinking back, because you and I personally know each other now for since 2019, and so much has happened, COVID, everything happened. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that we were able to make this happen now. Um, Wendy is telling us that LTMD is the best. She loves it, and she uses the one with hyaluronic acid. Awesome. Thank you so much, Wendy. Really appreciate it. Um, Echo, I want to start with my favorite question because this is a career journey show. Um, so go back to your 10-year-old self. Close your eyes. What do you want to be when you grow up? Okay. Uh, you're going to laugh at my answer here, um, but it probably tells you a little bit about me and, and, and who I am as a person. But if I were to go back to my 10-year-old self, I wanted to be either an astronaut, a veterinarian, or an interior designer. And I know um, that's quite the, the range of things, but I think that you know, shows that I'm, I'm a very curious person. I like to understand how things work, how they go together. Um, I've definitely always loved science. And I say, so I think like the astronaut and veterinarian you know, brings that my love of science or love of possibilities. Um, but as analytical as I am, I definitely have the creative side. So I've always needed to have something creative to spark my interest. And, and so when I was younger, I, I thought interior design was interesting. Um, but I think that, you know, looking at that, my younger self to now, that's probably why I ended up in marketing. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's kind of that blend of, of science and, and art that comes together and being able to, you know, use data to find an insight and, and turn that into action is, is really magical. Okay, you totally set up the next question, so thank you for doing that for me. Because I think that um, the astronaut, the vet, and the interior designer, like, <laughs> totally is your career. I mean, I know you're not a trained astronaut or a trained interior designer, but 
you kind of done all this stuff in your career in one way or another. You've touched on this. So, um, you know, let's help everybody out. You worked in the um, space of animal care with Hills for a really long time. So, I mean, you weren't a vet, but you were hanging out with them all the time. Mm -hmm. So this is very close to your childhood passion. That's right. I mean, I know, I know many vets. Um, I've worked with and friends with many vets. So yeah, it, it definitely that connection and, and passion has definitely come through. And I love, I love animals. I love people. I love skin. So it's, it's all the, the thread has pulled through. All right. So now I'm going to pull through the astronaut one and maybe this is a leap, but um, an astronaut travels quite far for their, for their job. Um, and you've lived it feels like everywhere in your career. So if you can just tell us all, all the different places you've lived for different jobs, and then we'll dissect it all. Okay, so I'm originally from the middle of the country. So I'm from Kansas originally. Um, then for my career, I went to California for five years. I was in Southern California. Uh, I came back to Kansas. Then I made the bigger move to Hong Kong. And um, after being in Hong Kong for three years, I went to Dallas, Texas. And now I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. So when you were in college looking for that first job, were you like, I want to travel? I want to like see the world through my career? I think even like you asked the question about, you know, what I was like with my younger self. I think even being younger. So I'm from a small town and I always, I remember just thinking about the world's a bigger place. And, you know, this sounds funny, but like looking at the stars and like thinking like what's out there, what am I going to do in the future? And so when I first uh, got my first real job and was able to travel for work, I thought, this is amazing. I can't believe they're paying me to go and, and travel for work. And, you know, I just would meet new people, learn new things and loved that experience of it all. And so much so that, you know, when we, was, we were doing career conversations, I raised my hand and said, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to, to relocate, you know, within the U.S. or I'd you know, be willing to relocate uh, abroad, perhaps, especially after that, you know, that first move that I did to California and how much um, I was able to, to learn from that, that, you know, just changed my perspective. And I was kind of hooked on, um, you know, going new places. When you were in California, were you thinking, I'm definitely going to stay here for a few years and go to another place? Like, is this just sort of like inside of you all the time? That, so that was my first professional move. And when I went there, uh, my, my manager, senior manager at the time said, don't get comfortable. And I was like, but wait, California is a great, especially Southern California, it's a great, wonderful place to, to be and to live. And so I had that in the back of my mind, um, but I was able to actually do a couple of roles while I was there. So I was there for five years. So it was a, a good amount of time. And, and I guess something I took from that experience was my first two years, I sort of lived like, oh, I'm not here very long because don't get comfortable, but you know, I, I, I changed that mindset. It's like, be present wherever you are, whenever you are, and, and you know, connect with everything that's there. Because I was like, oh, I'm not gonna join this volleyball league. I love volleyball. Um, because you know, I'm not gonna be here that long. And, and then you know, I was there for five years. So that, that definitely changed my perspective that no matter what, you know, dive right in to, to wherever you are and, and you, you never know. So um, like diving in when you moved to Asia, what did diving in look like for you at that time? Oh my gosh. Um, it was like sensory, sensory overload um, at the beginning. And you know, I, I, the funny thing is I, I'd never been to Asia when I said I would move to Asia um, overall. So that was, you know, pretty fun. Um, and, you know, diving right in was really for me, you know, listening, learning, 
seeking to understand um, before you know I was moving forward with an idea or opinion or whatever. I really wanted to understand. There were so many nuances to the business, so many nuances to the culture. And you know, I lived in Hong Kong, but I worked across 10 countries. And you know, Asia's not Asia, uh, is what a lot of a lot of us there like to say is that you know, Thailand is so different than China, is different than India. So um, you know, diving in was really to listen and learn from the team. I, you know, I still um, have so many close colleagues and friends um, that were able to teach me so much, and were so accepting. And that's something that you know I keep as a reminder. And, I, and you're reminding me again as Thanksgiving's coming up because we've got you know colleagues that are from other countries that are here now. People were so welcoming. You know, when you're you're so far away from home, it was nice to have that. Um, so it's a reminder to, to you know to sort of welcome others, and um, if they're you know a place that's more familiar to you than to them. When you were in this role in Hong Kong, were you actually traveling to these ten different markets within Asia frequently? I was, yes. So you saw it all. I saw it all, and you know some of the countries it's easy to get along with English, others it's it's difficult. Um, and again, I I was able to do everything with the support of others around me. Um, you know, I still think of Carmen, you know, uh, Carmen, if you, you get a chance to watch this, she's sleeping, I'm sure right now. Um, she, you know, she, special people along the way, you know, helped me get through and navigate the time zones, the currencies, the, the different metric and all the different systems. Um, but yeah, I was there on the, on the ground across all the countries. When I, before I started my agency, I worked for a French company based in France, and I do not speak French. And um, you're making me, remi- you're reminding me about this time when I would be in France and, you know, have kind of no clue what's going on. And the people around me were so welcoming, so helpful. I learned, you know, some great language skills just being around them um, and some really funny, funny moments. Like I remember <laughs> getting off the plane, going straight to the head office, um, and I asked, um, this woman who I'd worked with over the phone or over email for a long time, um, where can I find the bathroom? <laughs> and she was so confused because she's like, you need to take a shower. <laughs> right? So, like, um, I never forget that, right? Like, I, I needed the restroom or the toilet, right, in her world and not the bathroom. Um, and it's so fun to have these new experiences. Yeah. So I, wa- I want to ask you, like, what advice would you have for somebody who wants to make travel a part of their career? Um, like, how do you even navigate this, whether in a small organization or a big organization, to um, find this opportunity? Well, I think it, from my personal experience, and that's what I can speak from, is that, you know, travel and, you know, a successful career can go hand in hand together. Um, and it's, it hands down has helped me as an as a individual, as a person, as a leader, be better um, overall because of those experiences. Um, so, the, you know, the first thing I would say, I'd give two points of advice. Um, first one is to be open. And, you know, as I mentioned, I, um, I thought if I were to get an opportunity, I'd be going to, you know, Europe, Australia, something familiar. Um, and in Asia came up and my first reaction was, oh my gosh, uh, this is, this is crazy. And, you know, I had to go back and, and, you know, talk with my family and, and see if this was going to be the right thing. And, and we decided to make the leap and lean in. And um, because we were open, it was, you know, a fabulous experience overall. Um, but, you know, the other side is, you know, be open, but be true to yourself. And, you know, you really have to think about it. You, you don't do it alone. The, the support is not only colleagues, but, it, you know, your family around you. So 
it needs to work for you and your significant other, your kids. And, you know, it, it, that's, that's part of who you are as a, as a person. So it may not always be the right time. It, it may never be the right time. So, it, you know, be true to who you are and, and what your needs are and talk to your, your manager um, because you don't have to, you don't have to relocate to have a fulfilling career. And like, what are the ways that you could uh, make sure you get those experiences um, would be important to focus on. And um, you always can travel personally too, if you want to travel and, and, and still be able to, to, to stay at your home base. If you were to pick out some words that you think your kids would use to summarize um, the experience of being in all these different places and um, living and really, you know, really living there and not just staying there. Um, what words do you think they would use? Hmm. I, I think, um, okay, the first word that comes to mind is just flexibility. Like you just um, realize that you can be flexible. There's, especially again, there was cultural differences, but things aren't just one way. And so that like um, flexibility is, is one piece that would come through. Um, and then again, I don't know, expansive is coming to mind because again, the, the world is a bigger place. And, you know, my daughter's best friend was from France and my son's best friend was from UK and um, Hong Kong was a very international city. So exposed to all different kinds of, of people. And, um, and that's not only true of Hong Kong, but, you know, being you know, in Texas and, and Arizona as well. Um, and, and I guess that adaptable is the other piece. And, and even, you know, going from Texas to Arizona, that seems like a much smaller move um, overall, but it was my son's going into middle school. So it was, you know, for him to think about, I, I love where I'm at, I'm, I'm comfortable. This is gonna make me uncomfortable, but now he's been able to kind of settle into that. And so that like adaptability and it kind of like builds a little bit of like character almost in a way that, you know, I can, if I face something that seems uncomfortable, I, I can get through it and, and things can actually be better and, and, and great from that experience. Do you think your husband would pick the same words? Oh, I'm sure not. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We're, I mean, we're so different. We're yin and yang. Uh, but that's what's great about it as well. Uh, it, it's good to, like, I, you know, I always do too many things. He's always like, wait a second, like, let's do, do too little. So it's the balance that makes it all work. <laughs> um, that's so cool that he's willing to go on the ride, though, with you. Yeah, he's, um, what he's, we've been blessed that he's able to still maintain his career. He's able to work from home. So he's um, been able to, to to be kind of anywhere as we do that. And, and you said go along for the ride. He'll love that because he's a cyclist. <laughs> and that has been one of the big draws about Scottsdale is there are so many great places to go hiking and cycling and, you know, all of the outdoor things. So that, that's been great for him. So um, I've never worked in an organization as big as Colgate. What does somebody say to their manager when they're looking to explore the possibilities of moving and relocating for their job? Like, what, what is the language that they should use? Well, I mean, at Colgate, there's, you know, great different um, career planning um, opportunities and, and kind of processes. So we do something you call an individual development plan. And it's a, it's a good time, you know, once a year to sit down and really reflect on, you know, what are your strengths? What are your opportunity areas? What um, experiences could you have to get you to where you may want to go? And part of that is, you know, one of the questions are, are you open to relocation? So that's the first first thing. And, and But that's why I say the be true to yourself um, because you don't want to check the box just to check the box because then they may come calling and say, hey, we've got this opportunity and, and you said you, you were open to, so just make sure that that's the right thing. But 
um, for, for within our organization, it was kind of hand raising from that perspective and, um, you know, looking at um, the work that you do now and as there are opportunities, again, without even having to move that you can raise your hand for projects um, or, you know, in, on the job experiences to kind of expand and grow in, in spaces that you know you need to grow. And um, that gives you an opportunity to be exposed to more people and, and, and other opportunities going forward. So this um, quarter that we're in right now is about health. And um, let's talk about health in general, right? You worked in pet health. Now you work in human health and skincare. Um, I'm so curious, what learning did you pull over from the, the pet side that's helped you extremely in the human skin side? Yeah, I, I've been asked this question before, like kind of like when you moved to Hong Kong, was it so crazy and different? But when you moved from pet nutrition to skin health, how did you, how did you do that? There are so many things that have translated and actually so much that it, it surprised me how well my past experience really helped to prepare me for, for my current world. Um, so the, the company that I had worked with or the brand that I worked on um, was known, it was the top veterinary recommended food uh, for both wellness and, and therapeutic products. And um, so there's definitely that health um, connection there. So animal health versus skin health. Um, and really the, the nuances of managing a premium and professionally recommended brand, for sure, like that, that translated. And even though you are professionally recommended, being people-centric um, in your solutions and you know, with your two different audiences, your consumers and your professional partners, um, the understanding of professionals and surprise, surprise, but you know, vet techs and veterinarians, some of their opportunities, some of their challenges it's the same that estheticians and dermatologists face. Um, they didn't necessarily didn't go to business school. They they went to to you know make a difference and transform pet or or human health. Um, so so there's a lot of things that were, I was able to carry over from that learning. Um, and you know I've had the privilege of being on you know very science based um, brands and, and products. And and how can you simplify that? Um, so people can understand, you know, what, what there is to offer from a science perspective. And I would say that, you know, last but not least, um, if you don't know Hills, it's um, such a great um, forward thinking, digital, digitally based company. And that um, the importance of having a digital vision, I think, is, is critical. And if we think about modern marketing, whether it's, again, B2B or, or B2C, digital is not a separate thing. It should be embedded in everything you're doing from a marketing perspective. So being able to draw upon, you know, experiences um, from the, the hillside and um, whether it's tools or processes or, or mindset as we're, we're sort of building that out within the skin health world um, was definitely something I've been able to draw on. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but this is what I say to my team. I just follow Echo. Like if Echo has something on her mind about some digital initiative or priority, like that means like the whole world, the whole world is going to care about this soon. So like whatever Echo says, I'm just following along because you really have such a talent in keeping um, your team ahead, right? And even if it's, you know, a year out to make the thing happen, it's on your mind, you're planning for it. Um, and then I've really watched over the past few years, like, okay, Echo's talking about this a year later, everyone else is talking about it. So it's a really fun ride to be on to follow along. 
and um, watch this this happen. And it's like scientific. Like I have proof <laughs> this, this happens consistently. No, thank you. I, I, you know, I think it's an exciting time to be in marketing, and it's you know it's interesting to just to look at how much it's changed. You know, over the time that I've been in marketing, and you, the world is like that. The world is fast paced and moving. So you know, being able to think about what's the brand experience you're trying to deliver, what's the, you know the the customer experience and, and bringing that to life in all aspects of what you do. But no, you did not tell me that before. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, so I want to talk about the relationships that you make because I've watched you like, you know, develop like real friendships with Derms and Estes, right? And that to me is one of the most fun things of my job is, you know, getting to talk to experts and they're they're not just experts, they're humans, right? Um, do you still have a lot of vet friends? Because I'm sure you were similar in, in the vet space too. And how do you maintain these relationships even if they're not like supremely relevant to the job right now? For sure. Um, and it, it, so I have pets as well. So I also try to personally not um, text my vet friends with all these pet questions because I know the, the vets and the, the germs and all the, the physicians get these questions all the time. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had the privilege to work with so many amazing professionals. And, and like I said, the specialty is different, but there's so many core things that carry over. And we've had some really great conversations on how you can be inspired from one specialty to the next and look at things in a different way and provide solutions. So hundred percent, I still keep in touch with, with several of my, um, either colleagues or uh, other professionals, external professionals that I had the, the privilege of, of meeting along the way. Um, and I'm so glad again, post COVID, because now you can actually, just in being able to see people in person um, that, that, you, that you know and, and being around them, um, it's been great. So yeah, for sure. So I have um, DM'd some of my derm friends for like um, advice, I'll call it, because they can't give medical advice over DMs. I'm curious, have you ever, ask for a little help? <laughs> well, so I, when it comes to skin health, we have an advisory board. So I feel like that's different. So I will ask them on what do you, how do you feel about this? Or what do you think the profession is thinking about that? Um, so, so I do, I do from that perspective. Um, but if I have a, a real skin issue, I try to, I try to go into my, in, in, in real life term uh, for that. Over the summer, my son was at a wrestling camp in the Midwest, so super far from us for a whole um, four weeks. And wrestling is a gross sport when it comes to skin disease. <laughs> so um, he, <laughs> we FaceTime with him, and he had this like gross lesion on his ear. I'm like, "What is that?" He, by the way, he didn't even tell us what was going on. Right? We just had to happen to notice it, and he's like, "Yeah, they didn't take me to the doctor." I'm like, "You have to go to the doctor. This is not okay." Yeah. So I'm like. He is so far away for so many weeks. I'm not there to take him to the doctor. So I like literally DM'd, you know, my network. And I'm like, I need help. I need armament to call the head of the camp and be like, this is probably what it is. You have to go to a doctor. So it worked. Um, I will not, you know, no one dispensed medical advice, but I got some reassurances. Um, and I needed that. And it was so amazing, the power of social media <laughs> to be able to help me there. Well, you, you know, you mentioned um, we saw each other recently at the Melanoma Research Foundation Gala. And that came up in topic of conversation with a few of the dermatologists is, you know, the other way. What if you're in, in real life and you see someone at the airport and, you know, they each had a story of like, oh, um, you know, Dr. Portello, who I know you know as well, he said, you know, he went, he saw somebody at TSA 
that had, you know, a suspicious spot on their face. And the first time he just, he's like, no, 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 this is invasive. This, he came back again and, and like, this is meant to be and like went and said, hey, you should get this looked at. And he said, oh, I did. And they said, it's okay. He's like, go in again. Um, make sure you check this. I think it's kind of probably both ways, um, especially when it comes to something like skin cancer, where it's hard not to speak up if you, if you see someone. Um, yeah, I guess it was meant to be if he saw this person twice, right? I'm proud of him for saying something. It would have um, eaten at him if he didn't. I know. Right? Yeah, I'm sure. So um, let's talk about the topic of, of success. This is a really um, important topic for me. I examine it um, often. And, um, you know, when I started my career, I thought success meant money. You know, like um, I, I thought that was very one-dimensional. Now for me, it's... Um, like freedom or flexibility. I'm curious if you think back early in your career, how did you define success in your mind? Yeah, I was probably the exact same as you early on. I mean, there we have bills to pay. <laughs> you've got a, you've got some school <laughs> bills left over as well. So it was probably um, money oriented, um, and then maybe a little bit of uh, reputation or personal brand, and, and you know, making sure that I was sort of proving myself in a way. Those were that was probably the the goals that I had at the time. I admire that that was one of them because I had really like no game. And I also, I think, was um, so self-centered in my early 20s that I thought um, like this whole personal brand thing or reputation wasn't, it was not on my radar. So I'm really glad it was on yours because I think it's important, right? You want to um, be a value, value-driven value person in your workplace and um, it's never too early to think about that. Um, so how would you define success now? Yeah, I think that, you know, over, you know, over 20 years of, uh, diverse, different kinds of experiences, I would say that, um, overall my, my goal would be really to have an impact and, you know, impact in different ways, whether it's within my team, uh, on the business that I'm working on. And, and I know kind of from a broader perspective, an impact on the world or skin health. Like, you know, we talk about Delta MD trying to, prevent um, skin cancer. So, you know, what, what can I do professionally that can help take a step towards that would be my goal. Um, I love that. And um, in my business, I'm trying to kind of rewrite the notion that to be successful, well, no, I guess the equation typically in agencies would be you can't lead with kindness and respect and still make great work, right? So every day I feel like that's my personal mission, you know, on a secondary level to the business is proving that you can run a business with kindness and respect and still create great results. Um, but, you know, there's a lot out there, a lot of evidence out there of companies doing the opposite. So it's, um, I guess, a fun um, journey to be on because I'm very driven about it. Yeah. No, I love that. And I and I hope like you that, you know, you can make an impact and, and help to change that because it's so un- unfortunate. Um because I think it's not only about you know the results, but it's how you get the results and and you know the impact that you have with people along the way. And you know I'm I'm right there with you. I, I do see signs that it's definitely changed. You know if you look back across the career, especially as you know being a female leader. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that you know organizations can really understand that there's not one type of leader, and you know kindness isn't weakness. And, you know, you, you, there's, there's more than one way to do that. And I think having higher EQ is even more important going into the future. Well, I want to wrap up this interview portion. This has been so incredible, Echo. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad that we were able to do this, especially as you're 
You're focused on health this month. And for our listeners, this concludes our third episode of our health quarter, but we aren't done yet. Join us on November 30th at 4 Eastern as we welcome Yang Hee Pike. She's the co-founder and CEO of Ra'el to the show. And as always, make sure you're following us on Instagram to stay up to date on upcoming lives and all the fun we have along the way. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for watching. for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.